We welcome to the Media Center a pair of outstanding NTT IndyCar Series drivers, first five-time series champion Scott Dixon of Chip Ganassi Racing. On his left, Alexander Rossi of Andretti Autosport. Fellows, welcome. It's been uh, a little bit of a break here. I guess uh, first, eager to get back at the racetrack and any fun things on your vacation uh, that you got accomplished? Uh, yeah, no, it's always good to be uh, back at the track. You know, for me, I think it was, uh, I actually went to two tests in the downtime, but it was just to watch. So um, not that much fun. Uh, but yeah, it was nice to actually be home, sort of chill out for a little bit. And, and uh, kids went back to school, so enjoyed that prep as well. They weren't too happy about going back to school, but so be it. Uh, but yeah, it was it was good. You know, I think uh, for a lot of us at this point of the season, you kind of just want to get it knocked out. So looking forward to the next three in a row. Alex? Uh, I don't have kids, so I didn't do that. Um, <laughs> went to a wedding, so that was cool. And uh, yeah, I had a test in Portland, which was great to, to kind of get back in the car or stay in the car. Um, yeah, ahead of what's going to be probably a pretty important race of the season. So uh, good to, to be back here. And as Scott said, I think everyone's excited to, to get through these and uh, see where we end up. Scott, did you do any back-to-school shopping? or? Yeah, I, d I always do the back-to-school shopping. Um, it's actually, well, I missed the date on it, though, but now on most of those forms, you can just hit, there's like a, a link and, and they deliver it right to the school. So. But I missed it's like Amazon Prime it's for pencils. It's amazing. Yeah, you turn up and the stuff's there. They cool. probably charge you a lot more to do it, but I missed it, so I had to go and do the... Uh, like go to Staples? It sucked, yeah. yeah. But yeah, I got it done. <laughs> All right, we'll open it up to questions uh, for the drivers right here down in front. Uh, Alex, you just said you had a test in Portland. Any important things you discovered there for the upcoming race? Um, I don't know. Testing is always hard. I mean, the, these Firestone tires are pretty uh, specific to ambient and, and track conditions, and it was a pretty cold day, actually. So, um, yeah, we went through a test list and got through some things, but it's always a little bit of an unknown how much of it will translate until you get to the racetrack. Alex, this I read where you feel this these four races set you up pretty well for the championship race. This has been a track, obviously, you won it last year. Uh, you ran well at... Uh, the other three tracks left on the schedule, two of the other three tracks on the schedule, you're pretty optimistic? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I knew that once we got through Toronto and Iowa, we were kind of back to our, our better places. So um, it was important to get through those as well as we could. And um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's hard. I mean, you can have past success as we saw at Mid-Ohio. You know, we were good there in 18 and struggled a little bit this year. So it's Things change. People get better. Um, you know, the, there's just different parameters that you have to execute on on each given day, regardless of your past results there. But yeah, for sure, I think that you know we're we're confident or more confident at, at these upcoming tracks than we were at kind of some of the tracks at the middle of the season. And for both of you, with qualifying not being held today, what does the preparation look like in a two-hour practice session as opposed to dividing your attention in two different objectives? Uh, yeah, I think it, it definitely simplifies it. You know, everybody would just be looking at race running. Um, you know, some different changes this year with the tyres and then obvious, uh, and then also the, the aero package a little bit too. Um, so that changes that up. I think, you know, everybody's just kind of keen to get out there and see if the track's evolved much uh, from last year with bumps and, and things like that. Um, you know, we changed or we came here with a, with a pretty different kind of 
uh, our look and, and approach that we had last year just because it was it was not so good so um, yeah it is what it is you got to you know go with it I think for us it's probably a little bit better maybe with uh, qualifying out of the books just because we can focus on on trying to get a better race car uh, whereas last year you know it was really just qualifying and then you know nobody really did any long running so uh, we'll see how it plays Bruce? You're uh, both former winners here, and should this be the last race that IndyCar has at Pocono Raceway, how uh, important were those victories? How proud are you? Because this is a very challenging oval. Uh, yeah, no. Uh, I think you're proud of any race win in this series just because of how, how hard they are to come by. So, um, this, this track is no exception. It's, it's obviously the second 500 mile race we do. Those are always really, really hard to win with all of the different variables that come with that and that length of race. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely one that you'll cherish, but you know, fingers crossed that we can work something out and, and we're all back here next year. Uh, yeah, you know, just following up with, with what Alex said of, you know, any race winners is big. Uh, for me, I think that, that, that year it, it kind of put us under a run to capture another championship. I think it was definitely a a turnaround point in our season. Um, I don't know. I, I, I love this track. It's, it's you know, we haven't probably had the best uh, runs in the last couple of years, but that's what makes it, you know, so good when you do get it right. You know, it's very difficult to, to get the uh, combination with one and three correct and, and uh, you know, feel conf you know comfortable around this circuit. So, um, you know, I hope we do come back. Uh, we'll just have to wait and see, I guess. Okay, right down here in front. Alex, I know you finished second on two of the three ovals so far this year. Do you feel like there's anything missing in getting that, that one spot better, or is it just a matter of um, the circumstances of the race, really? Um, yeah, I mean, I think both those races were, were circumstantial to a certain extent, different circumstances, but um, ultimately you can't blame it on that. You know, we need to look at the areas where we were deficient, and, um, yeah, we, we just were short. On, on both at Indy and at Texas. So uh, hopefully that's not the case here and uh, we can go one better. Sorry, the Team Penske Brigade has arrived uh, over here on this side. I have a, a question for Alex and then for Scott. Alex, um, at Indy, I think you indicated that um, you may have lost that race because of a little bit of a horsepower deficiency. Is this track more of a handling track or more of a horsepower track? Um, yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's everything. You know, you got you to gotta have it all working for you here, um, you know, because there's a lot more lifting in theory here than there is at Indy. You know, I think that the car balance plays a pretty big role in it, but also because it's 500 miles, I mean, who knows what's, what's going to happen. And we've all seen, you know, my example of 16, you know, we weren't the quickest car, but we were on the right strategy. So I think this this race lends itself to have um, outcomes like that as well. Okay. Um, and Scott, um, I think I've heard word that you're going to be testing the new uh, aero screen here soon. Um, when you sat in the car in those pictures that were taken in the facility there, was the windscreen, was the windscreen on, on the halo or were you looking just through the halo to see if there was any obstruction of vision because of the, the structural part of it. Yeah, it was just the frame, which I think several other drivers have also used it um, just on the simulator. 
so yeah the first test i think uh september sometime will be the first on track with the actual uh screen i don't know if there's any kind of test previous to that with mm -hmm. utilizing the the glass or whatever it is and this know. this glass i assume is it the same shape as the one you tested previously or have they redone the screen to a different different uh form factor uh i believe it's different in shape and also material okay right down here one final question for uh of these fellows? Alex, whether it's endurance racing, the Baja 1000, or now with Bathurst, how important is it for you to try new things, and what would you like to try in the future? Um, jet ski racing. I, I don't know. Uh, you know, just the opportunities have presented themselves, and, um, you know, I, I'm fortunate to be with a team at NJD Autosport that's kind of understanding of that and, and want their drivers to go do things that, that make them happy, I guess, is the easiest way to, to summarize the answer. So uh, it's very cool that, obviously, um, Andretti Autosport has a partnership with Walkinshaw Andretti United in, in Australia, and uh, it'll be an awesome experience. I am well aware that it's going to be very challenging and uh, unique to anything I've done before. So it should be uh, a good time with James, and hopefully we can not embarrass ourselves too much. Okay, we'll dismiss uh, Alex. If uh, Scott, if you can stay for just a second, we've got a, a special uh, presentation uh, from uh, Dino Alberto from the Eastern Motorsports Press Association. Yeah, cool. Scott, hold on a second. They're tied to the stand. All right, we'll do it like this, and then I'll put it down. Um, again, my name is Dino Alberto. I'm the president of the Eastern Motorsport Press Association. In 2018, uh, our membership, which is close to 200 members strong, um, we have a yearly convention, and each year we have a National Driver of the Year that we vote upon. Last year, Scott, we are happy to say that it was you, and uh, you were aware of this, but unfortunately, uh, through timing and everything else, we felt that uh, being here at Pocono would be the best time for us to make this presentation. It's named in honor of the late Al Holbert, and uh, at this time, it gives me great pleasure to present to you the uh, 2018 um, EMPA Al Holbert National Driver of the Year Award. Scott, again, thank you very much, and thank you, IndyCar, as well. And now we welcome to the Media Center Team Penske drivers Joseph Newgarden, the NTT IndyCar Series current point leader, and Will Power, who has won two of the last three races here in the ABC Supply 500 at Pocono Raceway. Welcome, fellows. We've uh, already introduced you, but we'll start with uh, Joseph, who's the 
series point leader. You get to start on the pole based on interim points and rules uh, when qualifying is, is postponed. I, I assume you're happy with that, despite the fact that uh, you don't be. get to go prove it. It should be from the previous races qualifying, I think. <laughs> I was advocating for blind qualifying. I thought it would be entertaining. but Which, which means we're all blindfolded <laughs> and you <gotta laughs> try and make your way around who does it the fastest. Good luck, yeah. No, it's fine. You know, I mean, obviously, we're, you know, we're not dissatisfied with where we've got to start. We're all, we're all kind of starting in a good spot. The top five guys in points, obviously, we're right next to each other. So um, it could be worse. You know, we, we, we could have qualified in a worse position and, you know, we'll, we'll take it, I guess. It would have been nicer if we could have just had a normal day, got the practice in and then, you know, qualified and, and had the rest of it. But um, obviously we can't control the weather and, you know, we, we couldn't get the helicopter here. So it, it is what it is. And we've dealt with the rain now. And I think the focus needs to be on, you know, getting everyone ready for the race, which is the most important thing. And um, I think that's what we're doing. So uh, we'll try and make the most of our two hours of practice and, and make a fast car and, We'll kind of see where we shake out towards the end of the day. So we've seen five, six, seven cars wide approaching turn one, so it's almost like we're going to start seven wide. Uh, Will, it's pretty thrilling starts at this race. Looking forward to it? Thrilling. So, No, actually the starts, I tell you, um, <clears throat> more of the restarts actually are, are, are nuts. And, um, you know, it depends on how the uh, guy in the front there gets how he accelerates but uh for the most part i don't like the seven wide i only like it actually from the one on the very inside and then like if you've got like two either side of you it's not a good feeling especially when they start to close in on you that happened to me it's montoya and some other geezer over here started to <laughs> close in i lifted otherwise it's going to be a massive shunt like someone's got to be smart enough to go up ah, nah, let's not do this well, let's talk about your success here. First, first, and second the last three years. You've obviously shown yourself to be pretty good on these 500-mile uh, races. Uh, yeah. Very strong on the big ovals. There was a time in your career when we might not have said that. But you There's certainly... There's a time in everyone's career where you would have said, he's ah, just not, not an oval guy. But you are now. But now you probably go, yeah, he's, he's pretty good. He's pretty good, not good enough, but pretty good. We agree, Joseph? Oh, yes, yes. Um, it's so difficult to be up here with, with Will <laughs> at times. But, no, Will is, a, on a serious note, Will is a very good, he's a very good speedway driver. He's a good driver all around, but he's, he's gotten very good at places like Pocono and Indy. And, you know, I think he was, he had a winning car, I would say, last year, and he, he drove a winning race in a lot of ways. So, um you know, if you get it right and you get get in that comfort zone as a driver, I think you can have really strong races at at types of tracks. And um, you know, you want to get that everywhere. That's the goal because we go to so many different types. But um, yeah, sometimes it takes a little longer, you know, to find that happy balance. And, and for drivers, it's different. Sometimes you you pick up to that quicker at certain places other than uh, you know others. But uh, yeah, I think Will's a very strong. He's a strong 500-mile runner, and it's it's good to have that, too, because then you can kind of look at – for me, I know I, I look at Will and his style and, and try to learn a bit from him and, and, you know, what makes him good at these types of tracks. Is there a secret to 500 miles as opposed to maybe a one that's half the distance? Is, is there more – I know there are more variables. Or is there something that's 
requires a little bit more in these 500-mile races? Um, <clears throat> uh, yeah, I mean, you've got a bit more time. You've got a bit more time to, to not take a risk and kind of sit back and plenty of stops for it to unfold and get the car right. So you don't need to get too, you know, desperate at the beginning. Um, you know, because most of the time this track, it is, you can, I was a lap down and came back and won. And actually, as I was sitting a lap down, I just thought, if we get our lap back, I can have a top five. I can, because the whole field's so bunched up. Um, and I actually won the race. So, um, you know, you just take your time. As we saw last year, you just, man, you don't want to take too big of a risk on the, that first lap. Um, you know, you just got to make smart decisions on super speedways. It, everything's everything is just so much faster but it slows down for you you know what i mean like once you've done a few miles you don't realize how fast you're going so when something happens then then you do you know and, and uh it's never good questions down here in front joseph you've always run very well here and have had success on the ovals already this year um what needs to happen this weekend to for you to knock out the goose egg here uh, in the wind column? Um, we just got to get it right. You know, last year I think we, we missed it by a little bit. Uh, I, I don't want to put it on time, but we just, you know, we, we kind of ran out of time last year to, to just nail the setup. And, you know, obviously it, it, it's, it's really tight. It's a tight window because I think Will was in the right place, and you saw that in the race he was strong, and, and we were just slightly out of it. And um, we were just on defense all day last year, you know, just trying, just trying to stay in the top five. It was really a struggle. But we've, we've also been here, like, in 17 and had a strong race car. And I think we've always kind of managed to be there at the end at this race, and that's why we've got good results. But um, like you said, we don't have a win. So we, I, I don't know. I think it will come at some point, kind of like Texas, where we've had strong cars there. I felt like we could have won that race. And then finally this year, it all kind of fell into the, to the perfect window to where we, we were able to do it. So I, I don't know what it's going to be, but, you know, we just got to keep staying close. I think if we keep putting ourselves in position, top three, top five, then one of these days we're going we're gonna to win this race, and, and that's, uh, that's all we're focusing on right now. We've had a two-week break here. Aside from Will and his saxophone performance on social media. So good. It was so good, wasn't so it? So good. Beautiful, actually. You that should check is, that out. But I honestly believe that that's what's missing out of – the music too. You don't see these awesome it's true. You know, saxophone solos. Like the saxophones disappeared. It's a shame. So it is a shame. It is a shame. It's a lost I mean, think of In Excess. Um, you know, just go to the 80s. There's so many cool saxophone uh, uh, solos. Um, and even in porn back then, <laughs> funnily enough. Not that I ever watched it, but that's what everyone... When you, Whenever you... Whenever, whenever people talk about it as a joke, they're always like, oh, yeah, get the sax music out. I don't watch it. Anything else exciting happen on your two-week break? <laughs> um, no, actually. That's why I was doing those videos. There's not much excitement going on, so I kind of had nothing to do. Thank you for that. No, I, say I don't look at it. I, I just heard. Down here in front? Uh... I don't know how to follow that up, but we'll uh, go, go just back to Pogoro here. You've had, obviously, the recent success. Um, and I know you're still looking for that first win this year. How confident are you that you guys can dial it in this weekend um, and, and potentially knock that out? 
Yeah, I mean, I feel like we have a chance of the next uh, three races for sure. I, I like the tracks and have done well uh, there. So, man, it's just, just a matter of it falling in place, you know, getting the car right. You know, everything has to go right these days. Too many, too many good teams and drivers for you to leave anything on the table. So um, would love to get a win before the end of the year. I would absolutely love to just for all the reasons that go with winning. Let's go with Dan. Then Bruce, <laughs> Justin, when you won uh, in 2017, Tyler, you, you were you were leading the point standings coming to Pocono as well. Did you enjoy the feeling of being out in front, being the guy chased, or did you feel like pressure? Any little misstep could could erase that lead. Uh, I I I prefer to be in front. I think it's it's always better to be in the lead because then you know you can control it uh, more so than than chasing. Um, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't remember how I felt necessarily going into poke. I just liked that we were in the points lead, and you know, that was a good thing. And and you know, we've we've had that pretty much for the most part this year, which has been good. But you know, it can change. I think history can rewrite itself pretty fast. So just because it worked out the way it did in seventeen doesn't mean it's going to work out the same way this year. So we've got to stay on top of it. But if you were going to choose, you, I think you would always choose to be the leader in the championship. It's just it's a better position to be in. You always want to be leading more than chasing. So I think we're happy that that's where we're at at the moment. Joseph, are you in a are you in a better position as a driver? We'll give him the microphone. I'm sorry, he should speak into it. It's it's good stuff. <laughs> it's usually better if he doesn't. <laughs> that's debatable. I don't know. Are you in a better position in 2019 than you were in 17, given the experience of having been a champion? I th yes, I would say as far as uh, me as a driver, I think you get, I think you should get better every year, um, personally, and and I I feel like I'm I've been better every year I've done the sport, you know that's why the the veterans do so well is because experience really pays quite a bit, um, it just does. I mean, you, you, there, there's so many types of tracks, they they change so often. You're going back and forth. There's not a lot of consistency, so that experience gets you better and better at that every year. And and so, yeah, I definitely feel like I'm a, a better driver than I was two years ago, and, you know, I'm a better driver than I was five years ago. Every year I, you, you try to improve, and I I think you don't ever want to flatten out that learning curve. You know, you always want to be getting a bit better every single season. Bruce? Well, it remains to be seen whether uh, Pocono will remain on the schedule in future years or not. The fact yeah. that you've won here, and it's such a difficult uh, – it's not even an oval, it's a triangle. It's such yeah. a difficult race course to to master. How proud are you to be to be a Pocono winner in an IndyCar race? Yeah, I, I love the track. I love it. Um, you know, obviously, it's always a proud moment when you win a race, but if you win you know, back-to-back 500 milers uh, like here, you know, it's a big deal. But um, it's a cool track. You know, I feel like, you know, the more ovals, the better. Um, for me, I, I really enjoy them. Uh, so it would kind of be disappointing if it went away. But, um, you know, obviously I have nothing to do with that. Uh, you know, it's obviously IndyCar negotiating. But, um, uh, yeah, hopefully I can get another one. Go with Steve in the back. Joseph, uh, your last race didn't end the way you wanted it to, I'm assuming. Um, does it take you a while to get over that, or is that something you just move on from immediately? And does the long break make that harder? I mean, they're all different cases, you know. Um, normally it takes a good 
I think 48 hours. I want to say 24, but it's a little short. 48 hours, and then you're kind of over it. Um, you know, typically for me, if you make a mistake or you regret doing something, then yeah, 48 hours is, is a good amount of time to probably leave me alone. Um, it's just hard, you know. I mean, it's you know, this is a sport that you are competitive at, and you, there's a lot of emotions. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of care that goes into it from everybody. You know, we don't do this because you know we just want a paycheck. I mean, we're all we're all here to be competitive and win. Um, so whenever a day like yeah, Mid Ohio, like you referenced, happens, it's it's tough. It takes it takes a little bit. But I think 48 hours, ready to roll. Ideally, you would like a, a race weekend directly afterwards. That would be lovely. Or even if you could race the next day, you'd, you'd love to do that. Um, but that's not the case, so you get to sit on it for a little while. I think the brakes are good. You know, when you get a couple weeks off and just, for me, I like to get away from the racing world. I don't, I don't do anything in racing. Um, I'm just, you know, at home on, on completely different things, and it's, it actually helps when you come back, you know, and you feel that energy and that, uh, you, you feel that enthusiasm. You show back up for a race weekend, you're excited to be there. And, you know, it's almost nice having a little bit of a break and, and getting to miss it for a bit. We'll do two more. One over on your far left. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Chris Graham, National Racing Network. With the entrance of McLaren coming in as a full-time team for next season, with both their history and the current technological things that they can bring, with IndyCar being so susceptible to unintended consequences, what could you see coming from that with seeing a little bit bigger technology companies coming in? Um, yeah, not much. I mean, when I look at all the series around the world, top tier series, IndyCar has the most parity. I don't think I can, I can't think of another series that has parity like IndyCar. It's very well controlled, and, um, you know, I think that's what entices teams. To come here not just not big teams but you know you have some of these low budget teams that can win races and you really can't say that uh you know for any other series in the world like it's very very well controlled i think they're, they're doing doing that's the right thing to do honestly no one wants to see a superior car win every race um and mclaren obviously has great resources but you know they've got to abide by indycar rules so there's not really much they can bring techno, not much technology they can bring to actually, you know, improve on what we are already doing here. Yeah, I think at its core, look, McLaren's a racing team, you know, and, and they're a big technology group as well. They've got different divisions within their, their corporation and under their umbrella. But when it comes to the core of McLaren, they're racers. And, you know, this is going to be a great addition to them to come back to. You know, it's something they've been a part of in the past, and it makes a lot of sense. It will be very different to their Formula One team and what they do over there. Um, but that's not a negative. It's just a different program. It'll be a very pure uh, sport for them, I think. And I, I think they're going to love it. I think they're going to be, you know, really enjoy being back here. And, and I, I know for us, we're going to enjoy having them. It's just good to have. Um, you know, pure racing teams in the sport, and they're absolutely one of the ones at the top of the list. Okay, last one on your left. Question for you both guys. Uh, Championship-wise, how much these three races in three weeks are important, and it's three different racetracks, uh, like a triangle, uh, a D-shape oval, and a racetrack in, uh, in uh, Portland? Um. Yeah, I mean, from a championship perspective, obviously a lot can change in three races full of points. I mean, you just don't know. I mean, it would be, <coughs> for Joseph's position, it would be just very important to 
execute and, and you know maybe be a bit conservative i don't know it depends but but with double points at the end there you've just got to be really you've got to be within 20 points of, of the guy and and you can control your own destiny by winning the race so um you know i think that's it's you can't really manufacture it you, every race is different every circumstance is different you just got to just go out there and do the best you can and, and obviously if you're in a leading the championship you probably think about it a little bit more um playing off the guys that's closest to you which there actually is four legitimate guys in the game yeah i would agree i look you four races to go with double points there's over 260 points on the table it's it's huge i mean that's a big swing that can happen and it it i think you see it throughout the year you know you see these gaps open up and it's hilarious to read the articles because people will be like oh the championship it's it's wide open now because it got close and then it would open up again and people would be like oh it's only down to two these are your two front runners and then it just clo it just cha it yo-yos all year so you know until we get down to portland probably and then you leave portland you go okay where's everyone at with 100 points in laguna and, and who's really in this battle then you can you know start really narrowing in on it but it's it's going to change over these next four events um you know one way or another maybe someone will rip a gap and it won't be close or maybe it'll just stay tight and maybe it'll yo-yo a bit you just don't know what's going to happen but you've got to maximize each weekend that's that's the most important thing just get the most out of yourself for each weekend that's our goal and then um the points are going to shake out how they're how they're going to shake out thank you thanks fellas appreciate your time cheers